Good evening, everyone, and thank you very much for joining us. And uh, we've got a little bit of territory to cover. Um, we're very lucky to be joined by Graham O'Brien, who's the Senior Manager of Equity Derivatives at the ASX. Um, and uh, anyone who, uh, any, any broker or any uh, funds manager that uses a lot of options will know who Graham O'Brien is, and, and a lot of you also on session tonight that have ever attended an ASX event uh, will probably have seen Graham uh, speak at some point in time. Uh, and uh, one of the most knowledgeable people in the market, obviously running the options market and heading that team. Uh, we're very lucky to have him here today. He's a great supporter of the options market and a very passionate uh, participant in um, seeing its success and growth. So uh, good to have Graham uh, involved tonight. And we've also got Tim Gildersdale uh, from the REACH team. Uh, Gil, Tim uh, is providing us an overview of the options game. Uh, Tim has, uh, I, I think, well, he's not allowed to win it um, because uh, he works for us, obviously. But um, he's, Tim, have you been the winner yet? I think you've been pretty close a few times. Yeah, one uh, the second time that um, the second round that we were we were running um, mm -hmm. came third in the first round, yeah, and um, in the following rounds, um, mixed results. <laughs> Focusing yeah. more on work than really playing the trading game. Yeah, yeah. I think we had to have a chat at some point in time about the amount of trading Tim was doing. But uh, <laughs> we, are, uh, uh, we are encouraging of trading uh, here at Reach. So uh, if you're going to do it, it's the one place you'll get away with it. The, um, uh, but, um, yeah, so Tim is great person to listen to um, from a trade ideas perspective. Uh, but knows the platform as well as any, and so he'll be giving us an overview tonight. But uh, first of all, we'll have Graham. If you assist the first session, you come in of the Trading Summit and you want to go and listen to the previous sessions, they are on the Reach Markets website. Uh, you can find it from the homepage uh, or click on the Trading tab uh, and you'll be able to get there pretty simply. Uh, and next week, the session, we have Rob Risk of Susquehanna joining us. Uh, Rob's uh, you know, background as a market maker, uh, but also as a trader and very interesting to listen to just his insights on the market and how he approaches trading himself, but can give us the, a view from the market maker's perspective. So if you've got any questions um, that you would like to pose to a market maker on any topic to do with um, market making, options pricing, uh, and the things that drive all of that, um, then uh, make sure you get along next week as well. Uh, throughout the session tonight, if you've got a question, please just put it in the chat box. Uh, we'll uh, make every effort to ask the questions as we go, but if we don't get to the questions, um, then uh, we'll handle all questions at the end of the session. Um, if you don't get your question answered, uh, just ask it again. There's usually quite a lot of questions that come down. Uh, the pipe will make every effort to answer every question that's posed to us tonight. Any advice contained in the presentation is general only. It doesn't take into consideration your personal circumstances, and you need to decide for yourself whether it's appropriate for you, past returns are not an accurate indicator of future returns. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, we put on the, the summit. Uh, it's uh, something that, um, uh, that uh, Ivan and I uh, cooked up as a way of giving people really good insight into how different traders approach uh, the market, how they pick direction, their favorite options trading strategies, and in, we'll be bringing you also insights from the uh, ASX themselves and, uh, tonight and a market maker next week uh, with a panel discussion on views of the market and actual trade ideas for the current market from a range of different traders. So, um, the, uh, and then the following week, 
uh, we are going to be going into psychology and into the more detail around the tools and resources that you can use as a trader and the different tools and resources that we and the different participants in this program uh, have uh, used uh, in their trading plans and in day-to-day -day trading. Um, so there you go, a little bit about the summit and a little bit about the different speakers we've got. So, um, Graham, I'm going to um, hand over to you now. Um, I, I you been, are, you, are you back in the office in Sydney or are you uh, working from home? Uh, so I'm working three quarters of the week in the office and then the rest of the week at home. So four days in, one day at home. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, um, thank you for having me today again. Um, I really like the name of our market maker next week, though. That has to be the best name for a market maker I've ever heard, Rob Risk <laughs> yeah. for a market maker. You can't get better, can you? Nah. <laughs> no. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, uh, and I, today, I'd say about Robert, Robert Risk is I've never, ever heard someone say the word risk as many times as Rob said it when he last joined us for a session. Uh, it's in every sentence. <laughs> he he doesn't, doesn't half like his name, does he? No. Yeah. Um, so thanks for having me along. And look, this evening, um, what Patrick asked me to bring along to everyone listening in is what are the trading strategies that we're seeing at the ASX that people are using? So I've gone through the data, looked at the top trading strategies that clients are using today and we thought we'd be able to introduce them to you. But I thought I'd throw in something a little bit extra because I know Ivan and Patrick look at the game quite a lot. Um, what people use in real life um, in the options market can be a little bit different to what they use in the game. So we'll touch on uh, definitely what the most uh, popular trading strategies are in the game as well. Um, before we actually get started, though, I know Patrick's already gone through the disclaimer himself. Uh, from our perspective at ASX, uh, we can't give you financial advice uh, from our perspective. Very similar to Patrick's disclaimer, you will have to seek independent advice uh, if you're wanting to trade in any of the strategies that we're talking about here today. Uh, before I jump into the most popular trading strategies that we're seeing at the ASX, I thought I'd do a very quick recap of the types of options that you can trade in Australia. So first of all, there's options over individual shares, the 70-odd shares that we have on the ASX, all generally have a contract size starting at 100 shares per contract. So each options contract is the equivalent of 100 shares. The expiry date, um, probably from the last game to this one, is different. Um, for our monthly expiries, it's now the third Thursday of the month is when trading closes, uh, closes for each expiry month. Um, our individual share options or options over the shares have both American and European style options, so you can have options that are exercisable on any day or in European on the expiry date itself, and they're all physically settled. Uh, we also have options over the S&P ASX 200 index. Rather than being over a number of shares, they're on the dollars per point. So the index at the moment around that 6,100 points, $10 per point, one contract would be worth about $61,000. Uh, the expiry day is the third Thursday as well. However, it's on the opening of trading, whereas individual shares are on the closing of trading. All index options are European in style. They're cash settled. And you'll notice when you're playing the game especially, um, we do have some stocks that have 
weekly options or options expire every week over our top 10 stocks and also the index itself. When I'm thinking about options, uh, I always think about calls and puts and buyers and sellers because obviously if we want to buy an option, someone has to sell it to us and we need to think about what are the rights versus our obligations when we're trading in options. And before I touch on those trading strategies, it's important that we understand uh, when we have rights and when we have obligations when you're trading options. Importantly, whenever you buy an option, so when you're paying money to um, to buy an option in the options market, regardless of whether it's a call or put, you will have a right but not the obligation to do something in the future. When I think of call options, I'm buying the right to call on that stock in the future or buy that stock at some date in the future. So I have the right but not the obligation to buy a share. When I buy a put option, on the other hand, I have the right but not the obligation to put the stock to someone else. So I have the right not the obligation to sell those shares. If the market moves adversely or it moves against what I thought it would do, as a buyer I have a right. I don't have an obligation in that particular case. So I can walk away from that right. The most it will ever cost me is the premium I pay up front. Sellers of options, on the other hand, sellers are the ones that have obligations. And interestingly, in the Australian market, um, most people are actually sellers of options. Uh, the most popular trading strategy that we're going to touch on in a moment is actually selling call options over shares that are currently owned or you're about to buy. Um, it gives you the potential obligation to sell those shares in the future. Um, if someone exercises their right, you're obligated to deliver those shares. Sellers of put options, on the other hand, think of them like insurance company, companies. They have the potential obligation to buy shares in the future, and that's another strategy that we will be looking at. But Importantly, when you're paying money for options, you'll have rights. When you're receiving money, when, when you're receiving money, when you're trading options, you'll have a potential obligation in the future, and your brokers will require you to meet margin obligations when you sell options into the market. Our trading hours in our options market for the individual shares they open in line with the staggered opening of the shares themselves. So it all kicks off at 10 a.m. Uh, in our options market, they trade through until 4:20. As an individual investor, forget about late trading. Just trade between that 10 and 4.20 time. Index options, on the other hand, they open a little bit earlier. They open at 9.50 in the morning, so 10 to 10. Trade through until 5 p.m. And there is a late trading session that is available from 5.30 until 10 to 7 at night. And it allows people to trade as Europe is opening, for instance. Um, when should you really be trading in the market? And we're going to hear from a market maker next week. Uh, in this, uh, in these trading sessions, market makers are obligated from 20 past 10 in the morning. So I would be looking to start trading in the options market from 20 past 10 in the single stock options market through until 4 o'clock. In the index options market, I would be trading from 10 until 4.30. But uh, definitely some questions that you can ask of Rob next week is when is the best time to be trading in an options market. When you're entering orders in the market, everything is traded at what we call a price time priority at the ASX. So whatever is at the best price and it is entered first, that is the price that will be dealt first in the marketplace. So whatever is the best price entered first is always the one that will be dealt first in our options market on ASX. So that was a quick recap of uh, options in the Australian market. But really what we're here to be learning in this uh, Trading 360 uh, uh, session is what are the most popular trading strategies that clients are using today. 
there's a whole host of different trading strategies that clients can use. And just an overview of if you will just use a single leg in a trading strategy with an option. You can go and buy puts and have a bearish view on the market. You can go and buy calls and have a bullish view on the market. You can go and sell calls, whether it's a covered call or a buy right, which would have a neutral view on the market. Or you could go and sell puts, which would also have a neutral view on the marketplace itself. And each of those strategies that we see on the screen at the moment, those single leg trading strategies, is what we're going to cover in this session. But there are a host of other different trading strategies that clients are using each and every day in the options market. And as you progress with your knowledge in the options market, you start entering into strategies like bull spreads. So you're looking for a moderate bullish movement in the market, not a, a, a big roaring bull market, but a moderate, moderate rise in the market, and you can trade bull spreads. Um, if you think the market may have a moderate bear movement, so a small move in the market, people might uh, trade bear spreads instead of bull spreads. If they think the market's going to be volatile, you can go and buy straddles and strangles and hopefully uh, pick up uh, some profits as the market becomes more volatile. Or you could sell straddles and strangles if you think the market will stay steady. There's a whole host of different strategies that people can utilize uh, throughout the options market. And that's one of the beauties about options is that you can trade any market view via the options market, whether it be up, down, sideways, or just a small movement in the market and try and maximize our profits, there's an option strategy that could work for you. But the top three that we see at ASX, I've gone over the last year and looked at what are the most popular trading strategies we see clients use each and every day, and it's these three basic strategies that we see at the outset. Number one that people do in the Australian options market is sell calls over stock that they own. The second one is they buy puts. Sometimes they buy puts for speculation. They're actually taking a punt that the market will fall. But more often than not, people are buying puts for protection. And they're trying to protect their share portfolios from a potential fall in the marketplace. And then finally, it's almost coupled with that first strategy of selling a call. Let's say, for instance, you've sold a call option, you've held it through until expiry, and someone's exercised their right. You've had to sell those shares. You've got a whole bunch of cash that's come into your portfolio. People often use that cash to then go and sell a put over those same shares below where the market's trading and use the cash to cover any margins that they've actually received from that sold call. It's almost like a cycle of a trade. Selling calls, if you get caught away on that sold call, then go and sell a put to try and pick up the stock below the market. They're the most three popular trading strategies we see each and every day clients using in the Australian options market. So let's touch on that first one. The sold call that is being covered by that same stock. A lot of people will hear these terms from whether it be websites or whether it be market commentators calling them covered calls or buy and write. And I always like to start out with just showing you what the difference is between the two. A covered call is when you sell a call option over a stock that you already own, so it's already in your portfolio. Whereas a buy right is the simultaneous buying of a stock and selling call at the same time in the same stock. So you actually didn't own the stock before you actually sold the call option. You buy the stock at the same time. That's really the only difference between the two. But over the life of your options holding, it's exactly the same. Whether it's a covered call or a buy right, you own the stock and that covers you against any exercise obligation from selling the call options. But why do people go and sell calls over their stock? 
Number one, it's to earn income. More often than not, people will sell call options to try and generate an income stream over and above their dividends. They'll try and sell those call options, what we call out of the money. So if the stock's trading at $20, I might agree to sell my shares at $21, potentially making a $1 profit of the rise in that uh, share price up until I get exercised against. And then I get paid an income stream by the options market for agreeing to sell my shares at that price. Importantly, though, people that sell calls through earning that income now have an obligation. So they have to think that shares will be neutral and at the very most moderately bullish. If you think a stock is a potential takeover target, it could go to the moon, don't go and sell call options. If you think the stock will fall significantly, don't sell call options. Use the second strategy and go and buy put options. But the fund managers use this strategy more than anyone. And they use it because they have analysts within their funds that told them, actually, I want to sell those shares if it gets up to that level. They actually preset their sale price for their shares um, to help them in, uh, in, in, in profiting within their funds themselves. On the chart on the, red, on, on, on the right, sorry, we can see where the strike price is. Anywhere where the stock is below that strike price, so where that money will be keeping your stock at expiry and you'll be keeping your premium, but as long as the stock price doesn't fall below the premium that you receive, you would be making money on that trade. If the market rallied and that option become in the money, someone would exercise their right at expiry, you would lose the stock, but most importantly, you keep the income stream with that uh, covered call. There really are benefits to this particular trading strategy. Um, you do receive that premium from selling the call. You get a partial hedge when you actually receive that income from the option, and it allows you to preset those sale prices. Importantly, as long as you're not exercised against, so consider European sale options, you will continue to receive any dividends that that stock actually pays as long as you don't get uh, caught away on that particular underlying, so you don't get exercised against. There are some big risks with the trade as well, though. So it does capture upside. If the stock runs up to the moon, you're going to have to sell shares at your exercise price. Uh, you do only have that limited protection if it falls. Uh, it's only the premium that you've received. And if you're using American-style options, you could potentially lose the dividend if someone exercises early. Uh, importantly, there are also tax consequences. Uh, obviously, if you hadn't, haven't held on to shares for greater than 12 months and you get caught away on that option, you don't get that capital gains tax concession that many people get for holding on to shares for greater than one year. So just to summarise, most popular trading strategy, selling calls over stock people own. They do it to receive income. They do it to receive that premium. There is a limited risk, limited reward on this trade, however. Um, your limited risk is obviously the shares falling to zero, but your limited reward is that you're going to have to sell those shares if the market rallies significantly. Our break-even is whatever we, uh, our exercise price is less the premium, and you should only ever do it in a neutral market. Second most popular trading strategy that we see at ASX is buying puts. Now, I said at the outset there's two key reasons why people buy puts. One of them is actual, actually pure speculation. Someone has a view that the stock will go down and they're seeking to profit from a fall in the market. The other strategy that people will buy puts for is to actually protect an existing shareholding. And it allows them, almost like insurance for shares, protect themselves against significant falls in the market. Depending on if I'm purchasing puts for speculation versus protecting puts for protection, there's different mindsets for the investor when I'm buying puts in the market. 
if I'm speculating, effectively what I want to happen with that particular option is for that stock to fall below the strike price and me to make my profit on that particular trade. So my strike price is key in that trade. I need the shares to fall below that strike price by the expiry date for me to be able to make a profit on my trade. If the shares don't move anywhere or if the shares rally, I'm going to lose on that transaction. I'm potentially losing all of the premium that I paid for that particular option. So more often than not, people are buying put options for big downward movements in the market to try and profit as the market falls. If, however, I'm buying a um, that particular trading strategy uh, for protection, it's a very different um, mentality that I'm buying that protection for. If the market rallies, I've bought that premium, but that's my insurance premium. I still own the stock, so I'm still profiting, and the market rallies. My profit is just reduced by the premium that I pay. So I'm actually happy if I'm buying put options over shares that I own for the market to rally. Very different than if I'm buying puts for speculation. If the market falls, then the puts that I've purchased actually minimises the loss on my share portfolio. So it's all about hoping the market still rallies, but protecting myself against falls in the market when I'm buying puts over shares that I own. If I'm buying puts for speculation, it's all about trying to profit as the market falls. I don't want the market to rally. So very, very different mentality depending on whether you're buying puts for protection or speculation. Benefits on this, you do get lots of downside leverage if you're buying for speculation. For a small initial outlay, you could profit multiples of that outlay if the market falls in value. This is where volatility comes into play as well. If I'm buying put options for speculation, I'm effectively buying volatility. If volatility spikes, generally means markets have fallen, I profit as volatility spikes. So I'm going long volatility when I'm buying put options. It gives me protection of my shares if I'm using it for protection. And think of it the same way as a short sale equivalent with limited risk if I'm using that particular trade for speculation. So by all means, you can go on short sell shares, but you're going to have margin obligations you have to meet with your broker when you're short selling shares. Buying puts, most you can lose is what you outlay on that put option. And I can get still get that leverage position as the market falls. There are risks with this trade though. When I'm buying options, there's decay that I have to worry about. And in that particular case, if the market doesn't move anywhere, I've paid for some time value for those options. So that will decay away to zero by the time expire runs around. So we need to make sure that we prof uh, that our time horizon and the amount that we think the stock can move by, um, it can actually occur over the life of our option. And I know the options game has some great tools in being able to understand um, when you're going to profit depending on when the market actually moves over time. Uh, the trades can be expensive when volatility is high. Um, during the depths of uh, obviously the COVID crisis in March and a big fall in the market, volatility spiked to significant levels. Uh, it is coming off now and it is becoming a little bit cheaper, so we're starting to see people return to buying options in the marketplace. Just to summarise that thought put, we pay the premium in full upfront. That's the most you have to pay when you buy an option. There's no margin obligations in this case. There's limited risk until the ex exercise date and you get a limited reward because you can only make as much as the stock falling to zero. Uh, the break-even, exercise price less the premium, and we have a bearish view uh, when we're buying put options in the options market. The final trade 
that many things, uh, many people are utilising that we see in the market is selling puts, and they're covering those sold puts generally by cash that they hold within their portfolios. But before I look at the trade, what I want to uh, have in people's minds is that you acquire stock rather than generating income with this trade. If you're wanting to generate income, go and buy the shares and sell a call option. People are selling puts because they actually want to buy stock below the market. One of the uh, one of the or one of the benefits on the side of acquiring stock below where the market's trading is you, you do generate an income stream with the trade. But please only do it if you actually want to own the stock itself. The best way to secure, because this will be a margin transaction, going to have to pay margins to your broker, is either the cash of the full value of that exercise or a diversified portfolio. Please do not use the same stock that you're selling a put over to cover your margins uh, with your broker because obviously if you're over the same stock and that stock falls in value, the value of your uh, collateral will fall at the same time. So it's a, it's not a very uh, a, a very wise thing to do is uh, sell puts and then cover it with the same stock. Uh, the investment rationale behind this particular trade is obviously to try and pick up some stock below the market. You're going to keep premium anywhere above the strike price, but you're going to have to buy stock if the stock falls in value. So we don't want to do it on stocks that we think could potentially fall significantly. We want to have stocks that are generally neutral, so similar to the same strategy that you would use for a for a uh, sole call over stock that was owned. Uh, where do we set our strike prices? Um, if you think of support and resistance or, or, uh, or technical analysis, People often sell calls up where there's uh, up where there's resistance in the particular stock. So it tries to run up but can't get through that level. Uh, that's often where people will sell calls and they'll sell puts where there's some put support for that particular stock. So the stock runs down but it can't get through that support level. It's generally where people will sell puts. Uh, there are benefits. It does generate some cash in, uh, in flat markets. But the real reason why a lot of fund managers utilise this trading strategy is it allows them to acquire shares below where the market's trading but help reduce the cost of acquiring those shares because you're getting an options premium from the options market. Uh, it does establish firm buy prices. So many of you, I'm sure, have actually placed a limit buy order with your broker to buy stock below the market. Consider selling a put at that same level and instead of paying brokerage and obviously buying the stock in the underlying share market, this way, at least the options premium is going to pay for your brokerage that, uh, that the broker is going to charge you on that share purchase. Um, think of European-style options as well when you're doing it over individual shares because there'll be no risk of early exercise. There are risks. Um, if the stock rallies, you, didn't, you don't actually own the stock. You've sold a put, so you may actually miss out on a rally up in the stock rather than purchasing it. Uh, there is downside risk, however. If the stock falls significantly, you're going to have to buy stock that might be a very unattractive price. Um, and when the market moves down, you are going to have margin calls from your broker. So very important if you're collateralizing a, a diversified portfolio or cash to the value of your exercise. Uh, we don't need to go potential impact for clearing participants. Uh, so sell puts, summary, uh, we received that premium, but you're going to have to pay a margin. Uh, we do have limited risk, and the limited risk is the stock falling to zero, and the limited reward is the premium that we received. Uh, obviously, it's strike price plus premium in this case, and it's a neutral view on the market as well. Um, they were the top three trading strategies that we see on the ASX at this particular point in time. Um, 
Ivan and Patrick can probably correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the top two options game strategies are bought calls and bought puts when people are transacting in the marketplace. Uh, we've already gone through the bought call, uh, sorry, the bought put. People are speculating that the market's going to fall in value, trying to profit from a leveraged position and the market falls. Um, the flip side of that is you buy a call and have a leveraged position as the market's rallying up in value. So we'll quickly touch on that bought call position because we've already done the bought put. Uh, why do investors buy calls? Think the market's going to go up. They're bullish. They want a profit as the market's going up in value. What type of call do they purchase? If they purchase an in-the-money call, they think the stock is going to go up. If they purchase an at-the-money call, they think the stock will go up a lot. If they purchase an out-of-the-money call, which will be the cheapest option, giving you the most leverage, they actually think the stock will go up substantially over the life of that option. And it gives you the greatest profit potential, but it's also the greatest risk because the stock has to move a lot more before you profit from that particular trade. So if we're using at the money strike, in this case of $4, um, anywhere the stock price is above $4 at expiry, you're going to make a profit as long as it's covered your premium. Anywhere below that amount is where you're going to lose at expiry all the premium that you paid for that option. So we do the markets rally a lot. Uh, if I think of out of the money options, we need, might need that stock to get above $5. That could potentially happen, but there's a much higher risk that the stock will never get to that particular level and you might uh, lose all of that premium that you paid up front. But if you think the stock could rally up significantly, we saw after pay off the back of uh, uh, the big falls in March rally significantly. I'm sure people who purchased out of the money calls have made plenty of money out of, uh, out of that particular stock over the last uh, six months or so. And probably more recently, people who have purchased out of the money puts have uh, made a lot of money as well. When we're buying options, buying call options, your long volatility. We want the market to be more volatile, but we want the market to be more volatile on the upside. We want to see big movements uh, moving up in the market. It gives us upside leverage when we buy calls. It allows us to preset our, uh, preset a purchase price, but instead of um, the written put that we saw before, so we sold that put, um, you were obligated to buy those shares. In this case, it's your choice to buy the shares when we buy the call. Unless the market rallies, you don't have to purchase that stock. Uh, we can go along with limited risk. Generally, people will use American style so they can exercise at any point. The big risk, though, is the market moves nowhere. The market's less volatile than you thought it would be. Um, the options will decay in value, and it will decay faster as expiry is approaching. Um, if the underlying stock doesn't perform as you think it would, then you can obviously lose money from that trade. And once again, it can be expensive when volatility is high. So summarising that one before we actually get in and have a look at uh, how we actually place orders in the game itself, and I'm sure... Um, both Ivan, Patrick and Tim can really give us some understanding of how you can start seeing whether you have a, pro a proper profit potential of the stock moving to a particular level with these bought calls and bought puts uh, via the game platform. So we pay the premium full. We've got limited risk with a potentially unlimited reward. You know, break even, we need the stock to rally above our strike price plus the premium that we pay, but you're most definitely bullish on this particular trade. Now, that was a quick... 35-minute run-through of some of the most popular trading strategies that we see at the ASX. I know there's a whole host of webinars and videos that Patrick and Ivan have put together to actually go into a lot more detail about those particular trades, but I think it's probably a great time to pass back to you, Patrick, and let's have a look at, uh, at how those trading strategies could actually work within the game itself.
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'll get Tim, Tim on in one moment. A um, couple of questions. Timothy had asked, where can I get put call ratio for ASX individual stocks? Published. Okay, so, so we we actually uh, publish on a monthly basis. So it's it's almost um, it's almost pointless having that on a daily basis. But on a monthly basis, we actually give you an indication of the put call ratio. So how many puts are traded compared to calls via via our statistics that we put out from the ASX. So on the ASX website, just search option statistics, and you can look at the last ten years worth of statistics of what those put-call ratios on individual stocks are. So for those of you that don't know what a put-call ratio, all it is is we compare how many puts traded versus how many calls traded in the market. And some people believe that if there's more puts trading, it tends to show that there could be a potential bearish movement on that stock in the future. I'd be mindful of put-call ratios myself in that uh, not all people go and buy puts. Uh, a lot of people sell puts. So if I'm selling a put, I don't have a view of a uh, of a bearish market. If I'm selling a put, I'm actually having a view, uh, having a neutral view. So just be careful when you are using put call ratios uh, to really give you a good understanding of uh, of where you think the market might move in the future. Um, just one moment. I got a couple more questions. Okay. Um, well, he's a. Uh, I'm not sure that Graham's allowed to trade, but uh, the question is, uh, what strategies does Graham usually trade? So you're right, Patrick, we have very heavy restrictions at ASX, but uh, I've, I've only been working there for what almost uh, almost 20 years now. But uh, I did actually trade the options market prior to that, and my favourite trade was actually bull and bear spreads. Um, bull and bear spreads, when, when do you see the market rally significantly or fall significantly? It gave me a greater profit potential uh, through both the purchase and sale of calls or the purchase and sale of puts at the same time. And if I had a moderate bullish or moderately bearish view, that was generally the trade that I found gave me the greatest uh, profit potential on my outlay. Um, Carl's asked, where... uh, ask, uh, where do spreads sit in the most commonly, I imagine he's saying most commonly traded, AG put spreads and, and bear calls? Yeah, they, they'd, be, they'd be four and five on the list after you went through those first three. So... Yeah. We we don't see a whole much of um, of call buying, which is just amazing when you think about it. It's it's a strategy that gives um, exponential leverage as the market's rallying up. But we generally tend to see uh, bull calls and uh, or or bull spreads and bear spreads as the fourth and fifth trading strategies. Yeah. Um, let's have a look here. I'm going to wait and ask that question later, Brad, and hand now over to Tim. Um, oh, uh, Stuart's asked, when will the ASICS fix up margin estimator? I'm hopeful that uh, it will be fixed very shortly. We've had a few issues with our with our website. I'm sure you've been reading over the last week, so I'm, I'm very hopeful of it, uh, of it being resolved very shortly. In, yeah, in the good. meantime, you can use the game as your margin estimator. Yep, yep, or you can use our implied volatility platform. That's always got our, our margin estimator built in, but uh, the game's got the same technology, so, um, yeah, use that for the time being. Uh, if you, Stuart, if you've already signed up, otherwise go to Options Game, and I, that's probably a good segue into handing over to Tim. So, Tim, I'm yep. now handing over to you as panellist, so people will be able to see your screen. 
once you accept. Um, and there's a couple of other questions there which I'll, I'll pose as we go. Um, but I think what we do is hand over to Tim. Now, Tim, um, yep. I might get you to step back one step. So if someone's going to uh, the options game, um, and they can get there from optionsgame.com.au. So if you... Now, this will be what the um, page looks like. Yep. Now, I'm just going to make add, add in here that if you've played the game before, um, you don't need to re-register. It'll remember your email and your passcode. Um, and if you can't remember your passcode, then you, you just go through the normal process of getting an email with the details and so forth, right? Um, but if you've played before, you're already in and you can log in and, and play again. Um, but if you haven't played before, then you, you would go through this process of registering and, uh, and, then, and, and then you're in. So just want to log us in now and I'll, I'll hand back to you, Tim. Yeah, sure. So first of all, if you wanted to sign up as a new player, you can click on this sign up button. It will take you here. And it's about a one minute or two minute sign up. But um, for this session, I'll jump into my um, my account by clicking on the login button in the upper right hand corner of the page. If you have played the game before and you want to sign in but you're not sure what your password is, you can click on this forgot password link at the bottom of the page and then you'll be able to reset your password through your email account. I'll click on the login button and I'll enter into the home page. This will give a quick summary of where your current portfolio is, give you a rundown of your current buying power, your account value, profit and loss, and then your rank. And on the left-hand side, if you have any questions or if you want to have a bit of a chat, you can put in a few comments and join the conversation here. There's a disclaimer here, which you can read in your own time as well, if you did have any questions about how that works. All right, so... We may as well start with maybe placing a trade. So along the top of the page, you'll see um, the blue strip. Next to the home page, we have the strategy builder. This is the ideal spot to create your new strategy. So I'll start by closing out of these positions that I have open at the bottom. I'll close out on the upper left-hand side as well. And I'll put in the XJO code for the ASX 200 index. Alternatively, if you wanted to search for a stock, you can click on the stock screener and this will bring up a page with all of the optionable stocks that are available through the ASX. You can sort them by name, by code, by price change and a good one is liquidity if you want to keep those spreads a bit smaller. You can see the, the thumbs up symbol. If you want to open something, you just click on it and then go View and Strategy Builder. But we'll go back to XJO. And now we'll look at the Options Cookbook. So if you want to place, let's say, a long call, you can click on the cookbook, put the mouse over long call. You can also search for the strategy you're looking for. Long call, and you click on the green plus and you can set the expiry date and you can also set the exercise style. For the index, it will always be European. 
And at the bottom of the strategy builder, you can now configure the position to what you want it to be to suit your strategy. You can change the strike by clicking up here. If you didn't select the right strike from the beginning, you can just change it by clicking it up and down. So Tim, it's great here. It looks like it looks like it uses the at the money strike as the default, which is really good. Yeah, yeah, that's right. For each of the strategies in the options cookbook, there is a, um, a, a formula on selecting the strikes for each of the legs, and it's uh, the idea is behind it is to try to optimize the position when entering it into the market. And we can change the expiry dates as well if you want to put it a little bit further out. And you can even pull it a bit closer if you want to trade weekly options. As we go along, we'll see the theoretical price for the position. And we'll also see the premium over here. This is in red, as we'll be paying to enter into the position. And if we were doing a spread, there'd be a margin. But this is a long call, so there is no margin requirement. A little bit higher, we'll have our payoff diagram where you can see the shape of the payoff and you can roll the mouse over it to see what this position will be worth at different points in time at a certain price point in the XJO. And then on the right hand side we have the maximum profit for a long call that is unlimited. There's no limit to how far the market can go up and the maximum loss is the initial amount that we're putting in here for a long position. And then we'll have the break-even calculated at 6378. That is a break-even if you held this position all the way to expiry. And when you're ready to execute the strategy, you can click the Execute Strategy button. Might even change the quantity maybe to... Five units. It's probably over here that's a bit easier. Yeah. And then we'll put the order. This is where you would usually put the order into the market. And Mark's not open, so you can't trade. You can only trade while markets open. That's right. So between 10 and 4 the options game. When you have a position in your portfolio, once your order has been executed, you can see it in the portfolio screen. This is one that I put through, I believe it was uh, yesterday, and it will give you a quick rundown on the profit and loss. These are the main numbers that you'll be looking at, the profit and loss overall, and the profit and loss today. You can also see a payoff diagram at the bottom of the page for your position. And then the winner will be calculated off the net liquidation value. Everyone starts with $50,000. Whoever ends up with the highest net liquidation value will win the game. And that is the value of all of your holdings in your portfolio if you were to sell them at the current theoretical price. You can have a look at your portfolio performance under the performance tab. Um, Tim, also, yep. Can you just can um, so can you go to um, your watch list? 
Yeah, sure. So on the right here, we'll have the watch list. Can you can you just do this slowly? So close it close it off. Yeah, yeah. Just so on any screen that you're on, you can see on the right hand side where Tim's got his arrow, that little triangle. You click on that, and that opens your watch list. Sorry, Tim, I'll hand over to you. Thanks, Pat. And in here, you can click on whatever is in your portfolio. You can also set up your own watch list. And you can add in a new watch list and then add in any underlying stocks that you want to view in your watch list. Say Commonwealth Bank, Telstra, maybe Afterpay. And then you can just click on each of these companies and it will bring up the chart for you. It's a quick way to navigate through the whole website. And now that we're in the charting page, we can set up a, a couple of indicators. Some of the main indicators that we're looking at are the 50-day moving average. We can type in at the top of the page, we'll click on the studies button where my mouse is right now. And you can click on add study. And at the top of the page, you can look for moving average. You can just type it in there. And then you click on the word moving average. And we'll keep it on the 50-day moving average. We'll keep that colored red. And then we'll click on the complete button on the lower right-hand side. Then we'll add in a 200-day moving average. Same process. We'll change this period to 200. Try that again. Try it on my laptop. There we go. And now we'll have the 200-day moving average appear on the chart. And sometimes we'll be looking at a range of other indicators as well. One of the main ones that we'll be looking at for our lit trading system, which is um, part of our trading scans, um, will be the ADX over DMS, the Average Directional Index. So we leave the periods at 14, smoothing period at 14. Usually turn off the positive and negative indicators just by turning them to the color white. So we're usually just looking at the straight ADX number. And then we click on complete. And then you'll have an ADX at the bottom of the page. And usually we're looking at somewhere around 20. So I'll put a horizontal line on there just so it's easy to keep an, an eye on where the ADX is. And I'll do the same for IV as well. Keep it on around 20, 21, close enough. Uh, has there been any questions at this stage?
Ah, well, there's a couple. Um, uh, Martin, oh, sorry, Mark has asked the question, uh, what is the point of playing the game? Now, I might take that one. Um, it, well, look, there, there are different people who will come in for different reasons um, and, and play the game. One, it's an opportunity to test other strategies in the market um, and that you may not have otherwise uh, traded uh, it's an opportunity to, if some for people that are new, to learn to actually trade in, in real market conditions. I know, Mark, you're a, you're an experienced trader, um, so you would go into it. Um, it. We do have quite a lot of experienced people playing the game, and they're generally coming in um, to try new technology, test out things they've thought of it doing, getting back into the market, um, or really just because it's something that they're interested in uh, that they can have some fun with. So. Look, there's different reasons why you might want to do it, but predominantly people are doing it for educational purposes. Uh, there are prizes associated with winning it, uh, but uh, I know, Mark, for you in the scheme of things, you probably wouldn't do it. For the prizes, you'd be looking at it for other reasons if you were interested. As we go through this game, um, uh, there, we do lots of education series, get lots of different people in uh, to talk about their trading uh, and spend time going through and looking at the game and, and looking at how to use all these different tools, which are incredibly valuable for traders. Um, I might ask Ivan, who has said um, for Ivan remarkably little uh, this evening. Um, Ivan, when you set the game up, um, you know what was the, the I guess the, the motivator for you uh, to build an options game? Uh, well, it's probably actually a conversation for both Graham and myself. Um, but uh, there's sort of a, there's, a, there's a couple of motivators. Ultimately, um, probably stems back to why we started TradeFloor in the first instance, and that was the lack of resources in the market um, to be able to um, dissect and understand option strategies. Uh, and that's how we sort of initially got started, uh, and then. The options game itself was uh, was an addition that um, kind of evolved over probably about three or four years. Um, when we first launched it, it was a very simple uh, kind of a margin calculator type thing. Um, and uh, I think the very first game we had almost a thousand people uh, register. Uh, most people had no idea what was going on, um, but uh, you know, so we sort of uh, continued refining and, and, and making it a lot more powerful as time went on. So um, there's, there's probably a couple of different things, but it ultimately spend, stems from uh, from why we why we started TradeFlow around the financial literacy component. Very good. Um, so uh, Peter's asking about the uh, winning amounts um, and there was another question, sorry, which was when does the game start? It started on Monday. So it's just begun. So if you're getting started, you're getting started at the right time. Uh, what's the winning amount these days, Ivan, Graham? I think it's $500 for the winner. Very good. Um, can the, Martin's asked, can the the stock screen to be limited to only weekly option stocks. 
Uh, they have at this stage, I don't believe, but the weeklies, they're mostly uh, the most liquid stocks. They are the most liquid stocks. So if you sort by liquidity, you've got a good starting point there. Um. Okay. Julia has asked, can you sell covered options using shares that are already owned but aren't traded in the options market? So, so you, you can. You can use that stock as collateral, but it must be a, to, a top 200 stock. So um, it isn't it isn't perfectly covered. The the term covered really only means the same stock that you're writing those options over. But you can use uh, you can use stock that's in the 200 index as collateral for your options trading. Um, weekly options. Uh, Martin has asked, how popular are they? Uh, so from an index options perspective. You, you're looking at around about one in four trades is using a weekly option, so very popular there. Um, some of some of the higher dollar individual stocks, they're very popular. It's about one in three trades. But we have Tolstra, for instance, that has uh, weekly options over it being a low dollar stock. You're only finding like one in 10, even one in 20 trades in a Tolstra. So, um, definitely the higher dollar stocks in the index is where the weekly options are very popular. Beautiful. Um, Josh, um, Josh, question. Josh, I can sort of answer the first part on behalf of Tim. I can assure you that the way that he trades normally would be nothing like the way he would trade when playing the game. And so if you want to play <laughs> the in the game, you want to be very aggressive. But Tim, do you want to just comment on, the, on how you approach... Uh, the game, uh, you've had some great success with it. Um, what's your trading style been uh, with those successes? Sure. So usually I start with a view of the overall market, and it's usually just a short-term view based on technicals. And then I'll usually I diversify in a few different stocks and try to follow that view. Um, it could be maybe mixing across three of the big four banks it could be having an XGO position on top of that as well. Uh, this round I just went all in on a put just because I feel that the market has const has been going sideways continuously since June and I suspect that it might just be trying to get one more um, sideways move up and down uh, between 6,200 and 5,800 before the U.S. election, and then it will probably start changing the way that it's it's trading. But you can see here, over this whole period, it's just been running within this range. So purely a range trade this time around. Um, usually I'm not actually looking for breakout trades. I usually do range trading. Um, but there are always different ways to trade. I've um, have seen some some traders do really well with the breakout trades. Um, I've seen the lit trades do really well in the game as well. Um, but I just I enjoy the range trading. It's a lot easier for me to um, to see what's happening. Much more used to this style. 
As long as it's not with Telstra. <laughs> I can't trade Telstra. Um, do you want to click on Strategy Builder for a sec? Yep. Um, and so if you go to um, our Options Cookbook, I'm not sure if you clicked on this. There's quite a bit of education in the, in the platform, but if you want to click on Learn More, um, there's lots of education about each individual strategy that you might be looking at. Um, and there is also uh, an education section, which has got a, a whole range of education videos and so forth in there. Um, so if you want to go in and look in any detail on any, on any particular trade, if you just want to get going and start trading for real, uh, then just type in yes and we'll give you a trial. And the Implied Volatility Platform, it's the same technology. It looks very similar, uh, but you can trade for real and there's a whole bunch of other resources built into the platform um, uh, and trade ideas and so forth that, that um, just type yes into the chat box and we can get you set up there. Uh, equally, you can use this technology for the next month and, and pay per practice trade, I guess, in what you're doing. But if you want to open an account um, with trading with us, it gives you an opportunity to trade spread trades online. You've got all the best technology available in Australia for an options trader. And, um, you know, it's at the, at the lowest prices available as well. Um, beautiful. Let me have a look. What else we got here? Um, David, if you were to trade a bull spread or a bear call spread, what would the margin affect? Uh, would the margin affect your buying power? Um, so why don't we do that? Oh, yeah. Let's do uh, say a bull put. Here we go. So on the right hand side, we'll have the margin, just next to the premium. We can. Yeah, increase it so it's a bit, a bit bigger. There we go. Maybe even a little bit further. So the margin will affect your buying power with a position like this. You will end up paying margin to hold the position. You'll be receiving premium for the position. And the buying power will be reduced by the margin minus the upfront premium. And that'll be calculated right before you put the order into the market. Right. Graham, a question for you. Um, why do you think options are a superior product to other trading instruments like CFDs and the like? Uh, it's, it's just that chart that we're even seeing on the screen right now, that payoff. Options are the only things that can give you that side of a payoff, um, unlike a CFD where it's very linear payoffs, so you're either right or you're wrong. Um, an option allows you to create payoffs that give you a greater profit potential even when the market's moving sideways. So I can't think of another trading product where I've got the market moving sideways and I can make money. So you can make money in all uh, market environments. You just have to get the direction right. Um, it, it gives you the most choice of, uh, of any investment product regardless of the market environment. Yeah. I think I add to that, and Ivan spoke about this at some length in the first 
session of the Trading Summit if you want to, anyone wants to go back and look at it, but uh, implied volatility um, and the ability to really get an edge out of this extra information that we can use in our trading. Um, maybe something that um, uh, our trading platform is called implied volatility for a very good reason. Um, but I, but if, if you want more information about that, you could go through that. Um, David's asked, could you show us a lit trade? Um, if you go to the strategy builder, I'm assuming that uh, trading scans will give us a few. So yep. up at the top here where it says trading scans, trading scans um, are tra scans of market looking for what um, David has referred to as a lit trade, leading indicator trend trade, which is a trading system that we have built. Uh, and there is education on this particular trading system. Um, so if you click on that, uh, it scans the market. Oh. Might be getting updated at the moment, right on 8 o'clock. Okay. Um, well, if you go in there tomorrow and you click on it, it'll show you any trades that meet the rules. Now, David, um, we did cover it in the first session on the Trading Summit. Um, there, we went through the lit trade and the lit rules. I'm not sure if you're on that session uh, but if you just go to the REACH webcast, you'll be able to pick that up and it's probably at around the 35-minute, 40-minute mark of that session we spoke about LITs, right? So if you go to the website, probably that 35, 40-minute mark, I gave the rules for um, breakouts, LIT, lit longs, so a long, long version of the LIT trade. Um, so sorry I can't show it in the trading scans, but um, effectively it's a trade that lines up uh, where we see a significant breakout move occurring um, and uh, all, all the details around that uh, best picked up in that session. So I've, I've put the options game link in, uh, URL in the chat box, so you should be able to click through to that if you want to register if you haven't already. If you've played the game before, you can simply go back in and sign in as you did in the past. Um, if you would like to get a 30-day trial to the implied volatility uh, platform, our platform, um, then type in yes into the chat box and we'll get you into there. Otherwise, um, if there's anyone else got any questions, if I haven't answered any questions, please repeat them and, and, and we'll put them to the guys or answer them now. Um, and otherwise, um, as uh, we spoke about earlier, we've got Rob Risk from Susquehanna, we've got a market maker on, um, any of you options traders online tonight that want to uh, ask any questions about anything at all, uh, Martin, you might want to ask me about weeklies. Um, uh, Rob is, um, you know, perfect person. Will take all questions, and uh, also a good person to ask about trading in general. Um, so we'll be, we'll, that'll be our next session, um, Graham. And, and I think um, we haven't set the schedule for our fifth, but um, if you're free, I'll send you the dates for that. It'd be good to get you back, which will be a little sort of towards the latter end of the game. Um, to have a bit of chat about how things have gone um, and uh, when we get to a panel discussion on uh, some of the tools and things that we use as traders. Sounds great. I'll definitely be back. I might even dial in uh, with you guys next week with, um, with oh. Susquehanna well, as well if you want and can answer some questions from an exchange point of view on market makers. Yeah, brilliant. That would be great. All right, I'll, I'll, coordinate, uh, I'll coordinate that. Fantastic. Um, well, I'm not seeing any other questions coming through. It's uh, five past eight, so people are probably uh, looking at getting on with their nights. Thank you very much for everyone taking the time. Graeme, thank you very much for joining us. Um, thank and you. Again, we'll see you back online next week. 
uh, to everyone playing the game. Uh, we'll keep you updated as we go. Um, we'll be doing uh, next big trade uh, where Ivan and I will be getting together um, and talking about the market and looking at the trades that are lining up. There have been uh, quite a few that have been uh, meeting the rules. Uh, so plenty to talk about there. Um, and we'll have Tim back online on Thursday for that session, Thursday, 12 o'clock. Um, if you want to come, uh, just type in next into the chat box if you haven't booked in before and we will get you an invite to the next big trade session. Uh, other than that, good luck with playing the game. Any questions, contact Reach. Give us a call or use the, um, the, the chat function in the game. Uh, Tim, do you want to just put your mouse over there? So you can ask this question anytime uh, you like. Uh, after hours, you might not get a response until the following day. Um, and um, good luck with, uh, with, it, with everything. Um, and Tim, thank you very much for that uh, introduction. All right, guys. Cheers. Good luck, everyone. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Good night.